Welcome back to the JV Show. Today we are recapping a pretty crazy week eight. Great weekend of football. But before we do that, I just want to get all the uh, the the preamble. That's a word. Preamble out of the way. Uh, if you're new, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you do like it, feel free to give us a five star on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at John H. Van Dyke. Do show updates, post my picks for the week, among other stuff. So today we're going to be looking at week eight. Let's have a good time. Recording on Halloween, so spooky, spooky days. Thankfully, my picks weren't very spooky. I did pretty well this week. Um, I will be doing a list of the top five candies at the end, so tune in for that. Um, It'll be the definitive list for the Halloween season. And then after that, oh boy. I'm one of those people who come November 1st, it's Christmas season. Uh, I got to get stuff from my apartment to decorate, but it's on after after tonight. It's going to be great. Well, actually, when you're listening, it is Christmas season. So we doing a lot of f- fun Christmas-themed lists as well uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, don't want to go too fast because I know a lot of people out there don't love Christmas until after Thanksgiving or until December starts. I say enjoy life more. All right. But with that out of the way. Let's start on Thursday night. I called it. The Baltimore Ravens beat the Tampa Bay Suckineers. 27-22. Lamar, look. The sign that he autographed or tried to autograph at the end of the game says it all. Pay this man. For his entire career, he's never had a consistently good group of receivers to work with. And I feel like we hold that against him, whereas we don't do it with other quarterbacks where other people get the blame. But it seems like whenever things go wrong, it's always on Lamar to fix it. He lost Mark Andrews in this game. He lost Rashad Bateman. It was Isaiah Likely put in work and Devin DuVernay getting it going. Uh, Gus Edwards was pretty okay, too. He had 65 yards on 11 carries. But this came down to Lamar putting it on in the second half. Um, I'm feeling really good about the Ravens, where they are right now. I think that they'll get, I mean, I think they will. They will get healthier. They just traded for Roquan Smith today. So it's going to help out their defense somewhat. But him and, man, I'm excited to see him play in a Ravens uniform. But this is this to me is less about the Ravens and more about the Bucks and where they are. The Bucks did come back, but I never felt like the Ravens are going to lose the game. I don't know where to start with the Bucks. They can't run the ball. They don't commit to throwing the ball more often, which they probably should because they can't run it at all. Is it their offensive line? Is it Tom Brady's just old? Like, the receivers are still really good. Mike Evans hasn't lost a step. Chris Godwin has been pretty good coming off his injury. Julio, in and out of the lineup, hard to rely on. Um, 
And then, you know, they got the ancillary players, Scotty Miller, Rashad, or not Rashad Bateman, uh, Rashad Perryman, is who I was thinking of. Is Brady just not as focused as he used to be? Uh, or, you know, stuff going on in the personal life. I don't like to talk about it, but it could be a, a contributing factor that, you know, he retired for some reason and then he came back. A lot of speculation says that he didn't want to come back and play for the Bucks. I... <laughs> Am I going to write them off? No, because the NFC is not that good, and neither is their division. We'll talk about that <laughs> in a few minutes. But... Uh, I, I don't know. This isn't... this To me, this start to the year for the Bucks is not the same as it was in 2020 when they were slow to start and they weren't great. You know, they got blown out by the Saints. You know, they didn't get blown out that year. That was 2021 they got blown out against the Saints. Or was it 2020? I'm getting my years mixed up. The Saints have owned them, except for this year. But even though they were struggling in early 2020, there were reasons that we could point to and say that's why. You know, the COVID offseason... Didn't have a lot of time to prep with the receivers. Brady was throwing to them uh, at high schools. Uh, didn't have a really good run game at the time. I can't remember if Leonard Fournette came early in the season or later. You know, they got Antonio Brown later in the season. Um, they switched the offense to do more what is, you know, indicative of Brady's strengths. This, is Todd Bowles just a bad head coach? I think that's a factor. The defense is it's okay but they I believe they just lost Shaq Barrett for the year before I say that definitively I can't find it let's see let's look up Shaq Barrett I mean but even still even even with him being gone you know I I just struggle. Yeah, he's out for the year. Torn Achilles. Um, that's a huge loss for their defense. And, you know, they need every man they can get. The offensive line is not able to run block because Leonard Fournette cannot get anything going. And from my eye, Leonard Fournette doesn't look bad. I think it's the offensive line, Brady. It, it might not just be one thing to point to. It's just a confluence of things contributing to them being three and five. Can they get better? Can they improve? Absolutely. You know, the Colts were one and five one year and turned it around and went ten and six. Anything is possible, but there's been nothing to hang my hat on that makes me feel good about um moving forward. There's there there's nothing. They don't do anything exceptionally well anymore. Whereas before, Leonard Fournette was dominant on the ground. You know, Brady could still chuck it. Uh, the defense was playing lights out the last two years, and now, when we preview um, the Week Nine games on Thursday, there's one game that I don't know who I'm picking right now because they're both in such rough spots. Oh, well, I think that's enough Bucks talk for the day. Uh, feeling good about the Ravens moving forward, I think much as it pains me to say, I think 
probably the lock to win the division. And it doesn't pain me to say it because I really do love Lamar. The man needs to be paid. I feel like he gets way more flack for whatever reason than any other quarterback that's come out in the last five years. And he's done more than pretty much any other quarterback. Like, Justin Herbert gets ranked above Lamar. Herbert hasn't even been in the playoffs. Herbert hasn't gotten an MVP vote. Uh, Kyler Murray's gotten the big contract. He hasn't done anything close to what Lamar has done. Uh, as much as I... I mean, I think Burrow... He, I can make an argument for Burrow against Lamar because, you know, Burrow went to the Super Bowl. He's won. He's 3-1 and one in the playoffs right now. Mahomes, obviously. But Allen? What has Josh Allen done that Lamar hasn't? Allen has been to an AFC Championship game, but he hasn't won an MVP. He, you know, was a contributing factor to one of the greatest playoff games that we've ever seen. But Lamar... Put it this way, I think if Lamar was on the Bills, I think that the Bills would still be as good as the Bills are. I'm not taking anything away from Josh Allen, but I think that we underplay Lamar. Like, if Lamar wasn't on the Ravens, they would be bad. Like, we saw, what's his face, come in last year. Their backup quarterback played really well, but they still weren't winning games, and they weren't nearly as good. And that Actually, that reminds me, because they were talking about him being, like, oh, what if they just trade Lamar and keep... It's the Ravens backup. Ravens backup. It's going to kill me until I figure this out. Uh, Tyler Huntley. That doesn't sound right. Is that really what his name is? I think that is what his name is. Wow. Yeah, it is his name. Tyler Huntley. That doesn't sound right. Eh, Whatever. I I love Lamar. I plan on doing a a, a top ten quarterback re ranking after the season is over, um, and Lamar, barring anything bad happening this <laughs> this year, he's gonna be up there. Uh, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, since we're talking about Lamar, Josh Allen, Mahomes, and all the great quarterbacks, I think right now. I'm going to do a quick top five MVP ranking right now. I think number one, granted I just kind of shit-talked him, but Josh Allen, I think he's the favorite. The Bills are 6-1. and one. He's playing lights out. We'll talk about last night's game, which I think was his worst game of the year easily. But I don't know how you don't give it to him right now. He is playing as good as he's been the last two years. Uh, making it work with a running game that I don't know if you can really call it a running game. It's here some weeks, it's here others, it's not here others. Uh, he is their offense. He is what makes them go. He, I don't like making this comparison lightly, but he's the closest thing to Andrew Luck that I've seen since Luck. Second, it's Mahomes. You know. What is there to say that hasn't been said about Mahomes? People are already calling him the greatest player to ever play the game. I'm not willing to go that far right now. He is, just by watching him play, he's one of the greatest so far that we've seen play the quarterback. You know, So much talk about losing Tyreek was going to be a huge detriment to the Chiefs. Turns out, he's still really freaking good. You know, Three Chiefs receivers went over 100 yards last week. They were on by this week. Mahomes, he's second, and I don't... I think that those are the top 
two. Third, Jalen Hurts. Do I think he's the third best quarterback in the league? No, but he is playing lights out. He can throw. He can run. He's making, you know, I think that a lot of the arguments against him are going to be, well, they traded for A.J. Brown. Oh, they have Devonta Smith. They have Dallas Goddard. You know, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott out of the backfield. But he's doing exactly what he should be doing with those receivers. A.J. Brown destroyed me in fantasy yesterday. What an amazing get. He's lighting it up on the stat sheet. There's seven and or the Eagles are seven and oh, right? Say we're on by. You have to put him in the top five. You know, he's playing so freaking good that you have to give it up to him. You just have to. And my number four pick. Oh, man. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm Actually, I take it back. I'm not going to put this guy four. I'll talk about him, though. Geno Smith has to be in the MVP conversation. From being a perennial backup to not getting any, <laughs> any uh, love in the offseason. You know, it was between him and Drew Locke, which, whew, okay. <laughs> oh, man, remember when that was an actual discussion? Goodness, but he's got 13 touchdowns on the year. I think the reason why he's not an MVP candidate for most people is that the stats aren't amazing. But... He's turning into a real leader. I saw him giving Lockett some love yesterday after Lockett had had a couple of doy-doy plays. He has really impressed me, as the Seahawks have as a whole. Um, and I feel like someone from the Seahawks should be in the MVP conversation. They're 5-3, and three, leading the division. I don't think that they'll win the division, but they are a playoff team as of right now. They're playing great. Their draft class is going to go down as one of the best in recent memory that they've had this last year. Because not only that, but they traded Russ away. They've got picks in the next three years, I think, from that trade. And then they got Geno Smith on the cheap. Now, they're going to have to pay him eventually. But right now, I have been so impressed with Geno. How can you not give it up to him? Uh, my actual number four pick... And I think we're going to see this in the coming weeks. We'll talk, we'll re-preview the Monday night game because some stuff came up. But with Jamar Chase going on IR, I think this is the time for Burrow to show out that he is a legit MVP candidate, that he's not just a um, a byproduct of having amazing receivers. And I don't think people believe that, but I think that we're going to see him really show out and show up and prove that he is as good um, as the top quarterbacks, Allen and Mahomes are. Um, but number five, I honestly don't know where I'd go with my number five MVP pick right now. I think you get, you, you gotta give it up for those top three easily. Mahomes, Allen, and Hertz. After that, I think you can kind of pick and choose who you'd want to be in the top five. For me, it's Burrow. I think he's gonna really prove I the Micah Parsons deserves to be in the conversation too with the way that Dallas defense has been playing they would not be anywhere near that good if he wasn't there um who else I'm just kind of looking at the teams right now and who else I would put in the MVP conversation 
Oh, Justin Herbert. Well, he's a favorite. I don't think that's happening this year at all. But yeah, I think I think that's who I would go to. I'm one. I guess Derrick Henry because the Titans are five and two, and you know he was their offense yesterday. Malik Willis. Ooh, rough start to the season for him. A rough start to that game. And ooh, dark horse MVP Derrick Carr. How good he looked yesterday. All right. I think that's gonna do it for the MVP talk. That was good. Good, like, midway point through the season. Granted, next week is actual midway point. But I think that we have a pretty good grasp on who the MVP candidates are. Um, I think you got the top three. And then after that, you can kind of kind of pick and choose your own uh, off of that. But let's move on to the Sunday games. We had a... It was boring to start, but it actually turned into pretty good. Um, I picked Denver to win this game. I picked them with the points because the Jaguars, once again, they just love taking a gun and shooting themselves in the foot. It's every single week. They're 2-5, and five, and they honestly could be 5-2. and two. I don't know what their point differential is, but it cannot be a lot because they lose every game close, and it's always off the last play because they do some stupid thing. Trevor Lawrence... Do you treat this as his rookie year because of Urban Meyer and his, you know, wandering fingers? I don't know. Travis Etienne lit it up yesterday. It was really the only bright spot. Yeah, because Trevor had two absolutely crippling interceptions. The Broncos defense, kind of like I talked about, was phenomenal. And if the offense could just... Keep the defense off the field to give them a respite. This team could actually be really good. I Nathaniel Hackett is keeping his job at least for this week. I, I don't think he should. This offense is still just not looking right. It's so painful to watch is honestly what it is. That nobody in the running game was very good. Nobody did anything in the passing game. And Russell had hit 250 yards. Uh, and they looked fine. I guess those high knees on the plane helped Russell out. But until this offense shows me something, like put up more than 21 points because they haven't done that at all this season. And in this day and age in the NFL, even with that defense, you're going to have to put up points. I'll be very curious to see the defense play against uh, the Chiefs. When they have to do their divisional matchups, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty much done with the Jags this year. I I was riding high on them for the first couple of weeks, and now they've just they punched me in the face one too many times, and thankfully I didn't take them this week. I I, I don't know. It's kind of like the it's kind of like the the Bucks. Where where do you point out the problems? Is Trevor Lawrence just not that good? That oh man, speaking of that class in general is just. Is that going to be one of the biggest bust classes of the last decade for quarterbacks? We've had five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Not one of them have shown us anything to be like, wow. Okay, this is the dude. I think the best one as of right now, and it's definitely just, uh, you know, living off, living in the moment. Justin Fields might be the best one of that group, but even then, I still am not convinced of anybody in that group. Because Mac Jones, 
Uh, granted, they won today, but still has never been anything more than like a top 17 quarterback at best. Trey Lance, who knows? He might be the best one out of the bunch because we just haven't seen him play enough. Trevor Lawrence, you're the first overall pick. You've been compared to Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, and you have not proven. Andrew Luck would have this team at 5-2. and two. You are not Andrew Luck. Did he peak in, Did Trevor Lawrence peak in college? I'm willing to give the rest of this season, but if I don't see any kind of improvements towards the latter part of the season, I think you got to start talking about like that might have been a swing and a miss. But the Jaguars didn't have a choice. They had to take him. Uh, and then number four, Fields. Like I said, he might be the best one of the bunch because he's, he's shown us he's got – he can throw – Decent if he has okay receivers and he can run the ball. If they get him out in space, he can be really dangerous. But I don't know. I'm this this group. Oh, and then Zach Wilson just sucks. You completely forgot about him. But just bad. He's bad. All right, I think that's enough Broncos Jaguars talk. Let's move right along to the Falcons and Panthers. Probably the craziest game of the week. It uh, wasn't the most points. I think this was the second most points in the game this year so far. <sighs> All right. Well, there really isn't much to talk about for the entirety of the game except for the last 15 minutes. So the Panthers were down, trailing with only seconds left on the clock. DJ Moore catches an amazing Hail Mary pass from PJ Walker. DJ Moore in jubilant celebration. Rips his helmet off, starts yelling at the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumps into the stands to greet some Panthers fans. Gets the 15-yard penalty for ripping his helmet off. If the kicker just does their job, and it's not like a 48-yard field goal is otherworldly in terms of distance. You can make that. I'm not hanging this on DJ Moore. DJ Moore did what he was supposed to do. Should he have kept his helmet on? For sure. No disagreeing there. Uh, people bagging on him today. The kicker had multiple opportunities in regulation and overtime to kick the game-winning field goal. I'm not going to put it on him either. But DJ Moore should not bear the responsibility like it seems like he is today with everybody reacting to it. The Falcons just find ways to win in disgusting ways. Uh, they're on top of the division at 4-4. Four and four. Who would have thought that? They have sole possession. They're not tied. They are in sole possession of the NFC South Divisional Crown right now. Mariota, <laughs> he can run. He can kind of throw. He's actually okay, aside from two bad interceptions. He had about 300 total yards on the day. Three touchdowns. Uh, not a lot in the running game for the Falcons. Mariota was their best runner by far. Actually, no. Caleb Huntley was 16 for 91. That was, it was really good today or yesterday. But, you know, Panthers not missing Christian McCaffrey that much. Deonta Foreman, whew, 26 carries, 118 yards, and three touchdowns. And he was on my bench in fantasy. Uh, Kyle Pitts came alive. He had his best game of the year against me in fantasy. Uh, I'm going to be saying that a lot today because everyone decided to have their best week against me. It was a bad week in fantasy. I really hope the Bengals win and cheer me up. Otherwise, it's going to be an outright terrible week. 
Uh, speaking of fantasy, you know, I, I would rather lose by 100 points than lose a close game because come halfway through the morning games yesterday, I was already down by like 50 points. And by that, I was like, all right, we're just done. Like, we lost. It's okay. Move on to the next week. Don't care. Um, but, yeah, you know, Falcons get the victory in the end. They get the game-winning field goal. Panthers cover for me. They cover the four. Just fantastic. Love to see that. But I don't know about these teams. The Panthers aren't very good. They're playing tougher. But the Falcons, look, they could win this division because every team has been meh to bad this year. I haven't. And and the Falcons wins. You know, they haven't blown anybody out. All of their victories, aside from the 49ers, when the 49ers had like 12 people on the injured report, none of them have been convincing wins. So, yeah, this might be just a write-off division for the year. Like, whoever gets, whoever draws them to the playoffs is going to be ecstatic. Put it that way. All right, the Cowboys. Whew, Dak is back, baby. Oh, that was, this was a fun game to watch. Cowboys dominated 49-29. to 29. Micah Parsons felt like he ran 1,000 yards on his uh, touchdown, his first touchdown of his career. Which is very exciting to see. Uh, but Justin Fields, yeah, I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the Bears some love. Justin Fields, efficient, seventeen of twenty three for one hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns. He ran the ball for another sixty yards and a touchdown. I think that he is what they call a weapon. Uh, Khalil Herbert should be the starter over David Montgomery. He's far more explosive and far more dangerous with the ball in his hands. That being said. The Cowboys did exactly what they should have. Tony Pollard, welcome to the starting job. I don't know how you go back to Zeke um, after this, aside from the short yardage. You need to get one yard. Um, just pound Zeke up the middle. Tony Pollard, he's so dangerous on the field. He 14 carries for 130 yards and three touchdowns. To go along with Dak's five carries for 34 yards and a touchdown. This is the Cowboys team that I was talking about a couple weeks ago that I believe is the second best squad in the NFC, right behind the Eagles. Dak, aside from a bad interception, was very efficient. Does what Dak has done in pretty much his whole career. He's 21 to 27 for 250 and two touchdowns to go along with that pick. You know, every time the Bears got close, the offense... Either showed up or that defense, that defense is hellacious. The one concern I have with that defense, though, is that the Bears were able to run on them really well. Uh, Justin Fields and Cole Herbert had 7.5 yards per carry, and 6.2 respectively. David Montgomery, he's been a... It's weird. Montgomery is explosive, but he seems to be much more of a plotter than, than uh, he should. He also lost a fumble, so... Cliff Herbert might be taking over the starting job, which would be fantastic for me. But in terms of the receiving game, CD and Dalton Schultz were Dak's top two targets. And on the Bears, uh, Nikhil Harry and Cole Komet caught a touchdown each. Yay. Um, the Bears were fun to watch for the most part, though. And, you know, nobody expected them to, to win a, this game. Um, it was just really nice to see Dak come out, come alive. 
and and take this game over uh, with his arm and his legs. Unfortunately, the Bears didn't cover for me, so that sucked. But I think the Bears are going to be a a team that, you know, I think that they're going to be a fun team from here on out. Much like the next game, the Dolphins beat the Lions 31-27. Tua had probably the best game of his career. He was 29 of 36 for 382 yards and three scores. Very efficient. Um, The offensive line for the Dolphins played really well. And I think the Dolphins are going to be good. I, I, I think that when we do next week, I'm going to do a preview of where the playoff standing are. Dolphins are definitely going to have one of these wild card games. Um, well, they could technically win the division if the Bills fall off for whatever reason. Because both Dolphins do have that victory over the Bills in the uh, in the division. But, yeah, I don't know. The Lions, the Lions are going to be fun to watch at home on, on offense. But, they're, I mean, they're not, they're not a contender, unfortunately. Kind of like the Jaguars. I think the days of Dan Campbell are numbered. And they'll be fun for fantasy, but I'm, I'm not going to – I don't know if I'll pick them to win a game the rest of the season. Which bums me out because I thought that they were on to something. You know, they had some bad beats early in the season to start the year, but now it's it's it, it was a air show in Detroit. Dolphins rained fire on them all all day. Tyreek Hill had a hundred and ninety yards to go along with Waddles, a hundred and six and two touchdowns. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift was back, but not really. He had five carries for six yards, and Jared Goff was decent. Um, Lions could have had this game. I, I think it speaks more to the Dolphins' defense not being very good because that Lions' defense is just bad. And, yeah, it's unfortunate. I was rooting for the Lions. I was always rooting for the bad teams to, to be good. Well, speaking of bad teams, I mean, teams that are have good records, but... I think are frauds. The Vikings beat the Cardinals thirty-four to twenty-six. This game should have been an absolute freaking blog. I didn't catch the entire game, but I watched the rest of the. I watched half of the third quarter and the rest of the fourth quarter. The Cardinals were practically begging the Vikings to put them out of their misery. Just please, please take us out. Get this game over with. But no, the Vikings just couldn't do that. They would go three and out. They, the Cardinals would turn the ball over or punt, and the Vikings would be like, nah, it'll be fine. We'll win. But why do we need a blowout? Cardinals had two picks. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Whew. That's a pretty solid duo. But didn't matter. The Cardinals stink. You know, they they got lucky because Andy Dalton had a couple of unfortunate turnovers that turned into points for the other team but the Cardinals stink and the Vikings low-key stink they're six and one I understand you know you play the opponents but Kirk Cousins he they could have easily won this game by 20 points but they just they, they, they couldn't because they're not great and I refuse to put them in the top three in terms of 
the NFC. Like they're they're not even at, they're not a top five team. I don't even know if I put them top ten. Let's see. I'd go uh, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers, Bengals. I put the Ravens over them. Um, and then after that, I guess I'd go the Vikings. I'll, you know, I'll put you at eight. I will put you at eight. But this, this just, it bothers me. It was bothering me so much that the Vikings just could not put the Cardinals away. I had the Vikings to cover, and the Cardinals, they just, they, they couldn't, they could not capitalize on the Vikings being inept on offense in the second half. But, all right, let's move, let's move on in that game. The Vikings, congrats, you're 6-1, and one, and the Cardinals, you stink. Oh, this was a great game. The Saints shut the stupid Raiders out 24 to 0. Andy Dalton, my man, coming through for me after a rough loss last week. Dalton, hyper efficient, underappreciated. He had 22 of 30 for 229 and two touchdowns. Did exactly what he needed to to put this game away because Derek Carr, kind of like the Vikings low key, low key stinking, Derek Carr low key sucks. He. Always gets a pass for whatever reason, and I, I'm kind of guilty of this too. But you have Devontae Adams, who was sick last week. You have Hunter Renfro, Matt Collins, Darren Waller, whenever he decides to play. And Josh Jacobs, who was arguably the offensive player of the year through six weeks. You couldn't get past mid-freaking field. The Saints' defense is beaten, bruised, and battered. And the Saints offense... Oh, welcome back, Alvin Kamara. Good Lord, that was a game that you had today. Yesterday. I keep saying today. The Raiders stink. I said it at the beginning of the season. I thought they were going to be mediocre at best. But you know what? I'm just going to say it now. They stink. The Saints might be back. You know, they, they committed to my man, Andy Dalton. Dalton doesn't look as good... In the Saints uniforms as he does in the Bengals uniforms. But I'm happy for my man. Hopefully the Saints get some receivers back. Because uh, I want I want Andy Dalton to be good. Andy Dalton, Geno Smith, low-key good. Well, people don't think Geno Smith is low-key good anymore. But Andy Dalton, sneaky good. Sneaky good. I've been squatting on that take for seven years. And I'm feeling good about it right now. <sighs> yeah. It was it was really fun to see the, the Saints just shut a mediocre team out. Alright, moving on to the mediocre team versus mediocre team game of the week. The Patriots. Why did I pick the Jets against the Patriots? Why, why didn't anybody stop me? Come on. We're supposed to be in this together. The Patriots own the Jets. Pretty much all there is to it. Zach Wilson sucks. This Jets team could be really good, even without Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker being on for the season. But Zach Wilson is bad. Elijah Moore, get this man a legitimate quarterback. He does not deserve to be on this squad with that bum for a quarterback. Holy crap. Zach Wilson stinks. Mac Jones, mediocre. And 
that's really all there is to this game. The Jets, they had a fun run. I think it's I think it's coming to a close because they have the Bills next week and then a bye and then the Patriots again. You couldn't beat the Patriots at home. What are you going to do in Foxborough? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, think, I think I'm off the Jets for the rest of the year. Um, they'd be lucky to f- sneak into the playoffs. Oh, Kidoki. My lock of the week. My man, Jalen Hurts, coming through for me with A.J. Brown. Holy moly. I'll give the Steelers this. T.J. Watt should be Defensive Player of the Year. What they did to the Bengals in the first week with Watt shouldn't be understated because, oh man, Jalen Hurts put the hurt on them today. He had four touchdowns. Uh, Sanders had a rushing touchdown. And this game was close for a bit, and then the Eagles just pulled away. And like I, like I said, can the Steelers get 10 points? Well, they got 13. Kenny Pickett, I, I don't know. He gets no help. Uh, Najee Harris is, like, bad? It's so weird. It, he he had his probably his best rushing game of the year because he was 8 for 32. He had four yards per carry. I think that's his best yards per carry on the year. Uh, they can't run. They can't commit to throwing the ball. The offensive line is terrible. And that defense is injured. And the Eagles, like I called last week, weren't a big enough favorite. I think they get discounted for whatever reason. You know, they're, they, I think people think it's a fraudulent 7-0. and I'm, I'm much more of a believer in the Eagles than I am the Vikings at 6-1. and That's for sure. Well, case in point, the Eagles trounced the Vikings in Week 2, proving my point. But Eagles are really good. No, I'm not going to say they're really good. They're great. They they traded for Robert Quinn last week, so their defense is getting even better. And that offense is cooking. Never in doubt. Let's go, Eagles. All right. oh, okay, I don't want to talk about this game very long. Uh, Titans beat the Texans. Uh, I believe I took the Titans minus two. It was the weirdest spread of the week. Uh, Derrick Henry owns... Good Lord. He had 219 yards and two touchdowns. And I believe in the last four games he's had over 200 yards. He's had 800 yards in four games against the Texans the last two years. That's a 3,200-yard pace for the year. I kind of want to see that. Can we let Derrick Henry play the Texans every year? That would be That would be amazing. Jeez. The Titans, Malik Willis got his first start, and it was rough to watch. He threw for 55 yards and had an interception. Uh, Wasn't any better on the ground, Um, but he didn't need to. Uh, Oh, speaking of 2021 quarterbacks, Davis Mills, I think think the ride's over. We had a fun go, but he's done. All right, this is a game I didn't watch whatsoever. Uh, rewatched it after it was done. The Colts lose to the Commanders, seventeen to sixteen. Colts could have won this. <sighs> that offense is brutal. 
and I'm not going to blame Sam Ellinger for that at all. The offensive line is bad. Jonathan Taylor, he's injured again and wasn't very good. Uh, he had, um, he lost a fumble, and it was a killer fumble too. So did Ellinger. But Michael Pittman to end to cap this game off dropped what would have easily been a potentially game-winning reception to get them in field goal range. Um, I mean, he had it. He brought it into his chest and then dropped it. Uh, he didn't get touched before he dropped the ball. Um, this was a tale of two very mediocre teams going at it. And, you know, commanders are... Taylor Heineke, I think, gives him a better chance to win than Carson Wentz, but I, I'm still not going to... Come on. They're 4-4, four and four, which I don't think people would have guessed. I, th- I think if you asked me to guess their record, I wouldn't have said they're 4-4. Four and four, So I can say that. Uh, Terry McLaurin had probably his best game of the year. And couldn't get anything going on the ground. But that Colts defense is is solid it's a solid defense and it doesn't deserve to have the Colts offense it's a shame I think much like the Broncos that Colts defense doesn't get any credit because of how bad the offense is and you know the record reflects both sides of the ball and I I think that they're done Uh, Jonathan Taylor might be injured and out for this week again um, and he hasn't looked great like all year. Now, he had his best game against the Texans, but Derrick Henry just went for 200 yards against the Texans, so it's not saying a whole lot. Uh, you know, Ellinger, for what it's worth, he I thought he played fine, um, which is better than I think anybody was gonna was gonna pick him to do. But yeah, congrats to the Commanders. Get, go to 4-4 four and four in a what is arguably the best division in terms of records. Um, so that 4-4 four and four looks pretty bad to the Giants, 6-2, and two, Cowboys 6-2, and two, and then the Eagles, 7-0. and oh. But, oh, man, another one of my just relished in this victory. The 49ers utterly dominated the pitiful Los Angeles Rams. Christian McCaffrey... Receiving touchdown, rushing touchdown, and a passing touchdown. He's back, back. Oh, my gosh. He's so much fun to watch on a great offense. This is this is the Christian McCaffrey that we've been missing for the last couple of years. He's just got to stay healthy. Please, for the love of God, stay healthy. Oh, man, Christian, please, I beg you. A that's all I have to say about the Niners. Christian, it was the Christian McCaffrey show through and through. What a fun watch that was. And, um, yeah, the Rams. Not good. They couldn't run the ball. They haven't been able to run the ball all year. And Cooper Cup is injured. So good luck. And good night. I think they're done. A team that's not done that I'm starting to fall in love with. I th- Distance makes the heart grow fonder. And for 15 years, I had to sit in neighborhoods, in houses, in churches, in restaurants, in stores. 
just absolutely hating the Seahawks because living with Hawks fans, I'm just going to say it, guys. I love all of you, but you're obnoxious when they're good. That being said, I love the Seahawks team. Kind of like, I'm not going to talk about them as much because I talked about them earlier. I'm talking about Geno Smith, the MVP, but short story. They beat the six and two, six and one Giants. Now six and two. Uh, Grant, I picked the Giants to win just because I wanted to give the respect to the Giants where it's due. But the Hawks, they are a legitimately good team. I'm I'm fully ready to say that. Gino playing good, and he, what's even more, he's a real leader for them. You know, earlier I mentioned he went up to Lockett after Lockett um, dropped. A ball, and I believe he fumbled the ball too, and came back, scored a touchdown. DK Metcalf, he's a freak. I, 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 I can't. I never thought I would say this. I'm loving this Seahawks team. I'm taking this victory more for the Seahawks than the Giants. The Giants were fun. I think they're still going to be okay because they have Saquon Barkley. Saquon had his worst game of the year: twenty carries for fifty yards. He still had a touchdown. And he's still really freaking good, but man, I, I'm rooting for the Hawks. I I picked the Niners to win the division, but <laughs> I, I I've come fully around on the Hawks. Go Hawks! All right, last game before we talk about the best candies for Halloween. The Bills beat the Packers. But somehow had their worst game of the year, even though they've lost a game. The Packers, if they had the horses to go toe-to-toe with the Bills, I think the Packers would have... If they just had Devontae Adams, they would have won this game. I fully believe that. They finally gave Aaron Jones 20 carries in the game. And what happened? He had 143 yards, 7.2 yards per carry. He's really freaking good. A.J. Dillon had his... Probably the best game rushing of the year, 10 for 54, combining for almost 200 yards on the ground. You throw in Rodgers' carry for 11 yards, they do go for over 200. Allen had two bizarre interceptions. Wasn't that good. 13 of 25 for 218 yards. Uh, Did a little bit more on the ground, 6 for 49. But... This was the Bills defense showing up against the Packers. I I wrote them off last week. But what I saw here, if they can make some kind of mood before the trade deadline tomorrow on Tuesday, and we'll know by the time this podcast is out. I think that I'll be back on the Packers, but it as it is, uh, I I don't know. I I'm so torn. Because I feel like my childhood is ending seeing Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady struggle. I don't like it. I don't like how it makes me feel. But I'm I'm honestly more encouraged from this game than than I feel like I should be, given that the Packers still lost. But they were they made this game competitive coming towards the end. And they made this defense gave up twenty seven points, but the Packers defense actually made Allen look pedestrian, which he hasn't looked at all this year. Uh, he didn't look great in the Dolphins game, but I mean they ran like ninety plays on offense, and they were in the scorching heat. So there are reasons to 
contribute to him not playing that great in that game. But I, 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 I came away more impressed with the Packers team than I feel like I should. And I'm not going to write them off. I think, I think that they're going to be a borderline playoff team this year because the Vikings at this point, they're probably going to win the division. I feel like I'm going to look like an idiot come later in the week. Or come later in the year, excuse me. But I, I'm feeling okay about the Packers. Even though, you know, they don't have a lot to hang their hat on right now. Uh, Romeo Dobbs had a crazy receiving touchdown. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. It was an amazing touchdown catch. Um. But he was by far their best receiver. He still only had 62 yards. I don't think, have they had a receiver go over 75 on the year? So I always feel like for a Packers receiver to be good in my eyes, it's like 65 and a touchdown. Like that's, oh, that's a good good week for Packers receiver. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty positive nobody's broke 100, though. But with that, I'm going to do a quick preview of the Bengals-Browns uh, because Jamar Chase... You know, I was really cocky on on Thursday's episode. And lo and behold, already came to bite me in the ass. Jamar Chase could be out. He's out for this week. Could probably going to be out next week. And he could be out the following week. They're not going to put him on IR. So at least there's that. But like I talked about in the MVP preview, or not preview, MVP picks, I think Joe Burrow is going to prove that he belongs in the top five quarterback conversation, if he isn't already, which I I think he is, given how Rodgers and Brady have played this year. I still think the Bengals are going to win. I'm still going to take them to cover the minus three and a half. Uh, By the time you're listening to this, the game will have been over, and the Bengals will have won, and will be tied with Baltimore again on top of the division at five and three. I'm not terribly worried about the Bengals because their schedule is pretty... Pretty decent to be missing your number one receiver. And they still have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And Hayden Hurst has been really good. So I'm not going to worry too much about it. It sucks. It sucks for me more personally because I love watching Jamar play. And I have him in two of my main fantasy leagues. But they'll be fine. They still have a solid running game. And two receivers that could be number ones on the Packers. Which isn't saying much. But with that, we're going to cap. We're kind of long here. Talking way more than I thought. With the top five candies for Halloween. Let's do it. Number one. This is the easiest pick in the world. It's the 101. It is the, let's say, Saquon Barkley of candy. It's Reese's. there's, There's nothing better. You'll never convince me there's anything better. The combination of chocolate and peanut butter is a goaded combo nothing else needs to be said number two snickers again peanuts chocolate delicious caramel added on top of that amazing number three kit kat i feel like this is going to be a slightly controversial but i have always loved kit kat it's been my third favorite candy for a long time anytime i get it in my halloween bag i'm excited um, overjoyed. Number four, the peanut M&M's. 
I think that they are the GOAT of M&M's. They're better than the regular. They're better than peanut butter. They're slightly better than the pretzel M&M's. And they're better than the caramel ones. And I think there's also peanut butter M&M's. I don't remember liking them when I, if I had them, though. They're delicious. Uh, you're seeing a recurring theme here. If there's peanut butter or peanuts and chocolate mixed, I'm probably going to like it. In fact, I can't think of a candy that I don't like that has those two. It's been a long time since I've gone Halloween trick-or-treating. It's been a long time since I've really delved into eating candy. And honestly, I'm kind of struggling picking up uh, number five. Oh, no, 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 never mind. Number five is easy. It's Twix. All of these taste great, fun size, regular size, or if you get the real generous people, the king size. Love me some Twix. Chocolate is my go-to when it comes to candy. I've never been the biggest fan of the the fruit-flavored candy. I uh, don't mind them, but I'd always give them to my little brother during trick-or-treating because um, he hated chocolate, and I love chocolate, and I would eat chocolate up. An honorable mention, you don't really get this for Halloween, but chocolate-covered peanuts, just the normal chocolate-covered uh, over a uh, over dry-roasted peanuts, those are freaking amazing. I could eat an entire bag of those to myself. Another honorable mention, the other M&Ms are really good. Um, I think that's it. Haven't haven't been into candy much recently, but... These are, if, if if I have to get some candy, these are going to be the five that I go to. Reese's. If anyone argues Reese's at the top, you're just crazy and you're wrong. I'm sorry. Snickers, kind of the same thing. Just a great candy bar. Kit Kat, underrated. Peanut M&M's, the best M&M's. And Twix, solid. It's, I don't even, what's in the middle of a Twix? It's, it's caramel and like a nougat. I'll have to look that up. I'll get my crack team of researchers to look that up. But with that said, I think that's going to do it here today. I'm glad the Halloween season is over. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't understand the the enjoyment people get out of being scared or watching horror movies. I've yet to watch a horror movie that I love, unless you consider Predator or the first Terminator a horror movie, or Batman and Robin a horror movie. If you do, then I guess those would be my top three horror movies of all time. Um, or if you consider Seven a horror movie, that could be... I guess you could see that as a horror movie, but it's more of a thriller. I don't know. I don't like it. Don't love this season. I'm glad it's over. Um, also, this might get me canceled, but uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is the most overrated movie of all time. I do not understand the love for it. And I'm going to get on out of here before I get people yelling at me because I know how much people love the movie. But thank you very much for listening. If you stuck to the end, I so appreciate it. It, it It's never lost on me, the people that listen to me talk. It's still strange and surreal, but um, I'm very thankful for it. Well, I'll talk to you guys on Thursday, hopefully after a successful Bengals win. And I hope you all enjoyed your Halloween. Take care.